Cool. Welcome to the Making After School Cool podcast, the link between research, practice, and theory for those interested in the activities youth are involved with during non-school hours. The Making After School Cool podcast is produced by Case for Kids, a division of Harris County Department of Education, and I'm your host, Mike Wilson. According to Kevin Cruz, CEO of LeadX and author of Great Leaders Have No Rules, leadership is a process of social influence which maximizes the efforts of others towards the achievement of a goal. Leadership is a common word which tends to come up in situations involving two or more people. There are certain characteristics which are often assigned to leaders. However, the most common trait is the ability to move others towards the direction of accomplishing a task. Leaders can be young or old, extroverted or introverted, accomplished or just new to an endeavor. So today's topic of the Making After School Cool podcast is creating a culture of leadership. To speak on everything about leaders and leadership qualities is my guest, Pete Hall. After a teaching career that spanned grades pre-K to eight, Mr. Hall served 12 years as a principal. Under his leadership, each of the schools earned awards for academic performance, growth, and student achievement. Mr. Hall's written work include authoring over 20 articles on leadership and publishing 11 books. He has worked as a personal consultant, mentor, motivational coach for school leaders, teachers, professional athletes, weekend golfers, comedians, firefighters, business executives, custodians, and more. Peter's currently working on his 12th book, Always Strive to Be a Better You, How Ordinary People Can Live Extraordinary Lives. Good day, Pete. Welcome to the Making After School Cool podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Like I said, I'm a little rushed this morning, but everything is going well. So I think I'm going to have a, a positive day. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Well, you know, most of it starts with your own mindset. So if you believe you're going to have a positive day, you probably will. Awesome. Um, well, my first question is a little background on what inspired you to work in the field of leadership? Well, that's a funny question, uh, Mike, because I, I never really wanted to be in the field of leadership. <laughs> I, you know, my so my background is as a teacher and as a school principal. I never wanted to be either of those things. I wanted to be the, the shortstop for the Boston Red Sox and you know how things work out. Exactly. Um, but ultimately, I think what happened is people saw things in me that I maybe didn't see in myself and ushered me in that direction where I eventually took on some roles of leadership. And that gave me the opportunity to really kind of stretch my wings and find out what I was really made of out there. So I've I have been a uh, principal for 12 years. I've led small businesses. I've done a lot of work in that realm. I do a lot of work with leaders and leadership all across the, the country, in fact, internationally. So I, I learned a lot about leadership along the journey, which I think is really essential in my development as a leader. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I've been in education about 25 years myself, and my initial plan was not to uh, be a teacher or an educator. <laughs> but I think sometimes our life journeys take us on these courses and just tend to find a fit and, you know, kind of works great for us. I think that's the case. In your own words, how would you define leadership? I think sometimes people have this ambiguous of, you know, this person is a leader, but um, how would you define leadership? Well, the very simple definition that I kind of default to is a leader is one who has followers. So leadership is the, the art of taking somebody and or a group of people uh, from one place to another place or closer towards some other place. Um, and I think, it, you know, one of the things about leadership that's misunderstood is 
To a certain extent, I think maybe we we overpressure people to get into leadership. And what I mean by that is not everybody needs to be a leader all the time, right? There are times that, uh, like if you've ever been on a, on a team or in a team meeting or on a committee or something with seven people and all seven thought they were the leader, right? that can be really counterproductive. However, there are tasks within that and there are moments within that so somebody needs to rise up and somebody needs to take charge and somebody needs to, to be the voice. And I think that's where we need to continue to cultivate that, that mindset and that approach and those skills so that everybody has those for those moments that they need them. Do you believe there are some people born with uh, natural leadership skills, you know, the so-called born leader? And in contrast, do you believe some people are just followers with no leadership abilities? I think, well, the, the thing that's embedded in that question is that leadership is comprised of abilities. And of course you can develop abilities, right? You can cultivate those, you can practice them, you can get better at them. And so everybody has the potential to be a leader. Not everybody has the potential to be a leader in every situation, in every context. And I think when we talk about natural leaders, it's the folks that kind of gravitate towards assuming that role, no matter where they are, that we're talking about. And so some folks do have that, they've got either that interpersonal charisma that connects with folks, or they've got a belief that they know what to do and they know how to, to take people there, or they have the ability to, to compel people towards a, a vision of the better future. All of those are things, however, that we can all learn and we can teach those to our kids. We can teach those to our, our colleagues and our friends. We can teach those and, and build on those ourselves. So leadership is not a mysterious thing that is out there for only a select few. It is something that is attainable and available to all of us. As you stated earlier, uh, you've had a long career in education. And now that you are a consultant, you're working with people in a variety of fields. Would you say there's a difference between the skills needed for educational leadership and the type of leadership skills needed in other fields? Ultimately, no. And and uh, this is what I'll be talking about when I'm with you all next week is this idea of great leaders in any field really do two things. One is they rally everybody towards the vision of the better future. So they have this idea of or this ability to create this vision, this picture, this image, this feeling of this better future somewhere down the road that is compelling for all of us. And they're able to rally folks towards that. And number two, they find what it takes to move each individual person closer towards that goal. So how to build that consent and that commitment in the individual, as well as compelling the team forward. That's what great leaders do. And they do that in education. They do that in industry. They do that in business. They do that. You name it. Any context, any, any in a family, that's what we do. So I and this is the, the beautiful thing that I have found is that great educational leaders and great tech leaders or great medical leaders all do that. That's what, when you boil it down to its essence, that's what they do. So these are the skills that we want to be able to, to teach and to explain to our young people, to our kids, so that they can start to see themselves as possible leaders at some point down the road. Now, how would you say age influence leadership principles? For example, there is a difference between developing leadership skills in kids versus building leadership for adults. Uh, is there a drastic difference with these particular age groups? Not necessarily. You know, I think the difference is um, 
when we're grown-ups, we have more life experiences. And so we've had opportunities to interact with, engage and follow different leaders. So we've picked up on different leadership styles. I mean, if you think back your own experience growing up and as a professional, and as you've gone, you know, traveled this journey, you've worked with and followed many different leaders. And each of them has different styles and skills and lessons that they have shared with you. Um, and you take those and you and you build on that to create your sense of leadership and your sense of your position, what you're doing. Whereas kids have fewer of those experiences, so they're really open to learning everything. You know, everything is new as they as you're coming up as a, as a child. So any opportunity that you have to learn from different leaders, they're new experiences, and so they they add to that bucket of what is leadership and what is growing up and what should I be doing when I'm interacting with my peers. And how should I, you know, how should I conduct myself, whether I'm leading, following, or some combination thereof? The adults kids interact with, in some ways, shape, I guess, their sense of behavior, how they should approach other people, and so on. In your opinion, is it important for adults to be aware of basic leadership principles before they can model what leadership traits look like for youth? Well, I think a lot of us model those leadership traits just by the way we live. If we truly want to teach them to our kids, we need to know what they are and we need to be able to name them and describe them and then practice them and give kids an opportunity to practice them so that they know what it feels like to lead in those situations. So when it comes to building a vision, for instance, when it comes to speaking up when something is important to you, when it comes to having one-on-one -on -one conversations with people to say, hey, this is what I'm noticing, this is what I'm thinking, let's talk about this that's a that's an element of leadership that we need to be able to describe to kids otherwise we're modeling things and, and we're hoping that kids pick up on that and modeling is a great strategy hope is not so we want to make sure that we are modeling explicitly naming things and then giving kids an opportunity to process that in order for them to then develop those skills a lot of times uh, we have a hierarchy and certain people are placed in certain positions. In many cases, we have high expectations for our leaders. How important is it for people in these positions to be honest regarding their emotional state, as well as delegate things to others when on a given day, they just really don't feel like they can do that particular assignment? So you're talking about leaders being human, right? That's, that's what we're talking about. Well. And you know, we, we're all human beings and, we're, and emotions are real. And one of the things that um, I have found is that, yes, exactly what you said is that a lot of times leaders are expected to kind of put their emotions aside and say, hey, there's no place for your emotions in this. You have to make decisions. You have to lead people. You can't be emotional about it. And the reality is our emotions are real and our emotions are fueled by chemicals released from our brains into our bodies and they have to run their course that being said, while we're experiencing emotions, one of the most authentic things we can do is be vulnerable with our team and say, hey, I'm upset about this, you know, or I'm really frustrated with something right now, or I'm having a difficult time processing this situation and show those emotions and show and name them and talk about them because you know darn well that every one of your people is going to be experiencing emotion at some point during their journey. And we can't have them feel like they need to hide their emotions and, and put them in a box someplace because that's unhealthy. So 
as leaders, if we can model that, that's great. And it's okay to experience anger. It's okay. It's okay to experience frustration. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be sad about something. The key for us as leaders in particular is not to stay there. So it's okay to be okay, be angry. It's not okay to stay angry. So what we need to do is be able to learn to regulate those emotions, process that, and then come back to, okay, so what rational decision am I going to make? How are we going to move forward? How can I ask for help on this? And I think those are great ways to build trust and build uh, those relationships within our teams so that we as a team can move forward, uh, regardless of the situation and regardless of what those emotions might be. Now you have published a young adult's novel entitled Chasing the Show. Can you give a brief description of the book and how can people use it as a resource? Sure, and thanks for asking. I appreciate that. Uh, Chasing the Show is the, the story of a young young man and a high school kid who thinks he's gonna be a professional athlete. And I think we can all relate. We've all had kids who have had ambitions and dreams of, of becoming something, whether it's a professional athlete or a professional musician, a rock star, or if it's a um, professional video game player or anything, it could, firefighter, doctor, lawyer, you name it. Um, and the story follows the ups and downs of that dream and it also follows and this is the resource part of it because i as a former educator i can't just write a novel i just can't just tell a story and it's got to have a purpose and a lesson it's got to be helpful so uh it, it it covers the interactions between the kid and his parents kid and a particular teacher uh the kid and other mentors and friends and it's it's a it's an investigation of how do you have that conversation as an adult it's a resource because how do you have the conversation with a kid and say yes i want to encourage your dream and your goals and i want you to make sure that you have a plan b that you have a backup just in case right i mean it, that's just healthy so how do you have that conversation with a kid and from the a kid's perspective so if you have young adults reading the book and they're the primary audience can you see yourself in the main character or in some of the auxiliary characters in the story? And can you relate with some of the, the decisions, the good decisions, the bad decisions, the helpful, the unhelpful decisions that the character is making in a way that then allows you to process what kind of decisions you're making in your life? And how, how do you decide what you're going to do, what you're going to say, whether this is the plan or this is not the plan for me? So I, I did write it in, in that sense to be helpful for kids and to be helpful for adults, for parents, for coaches, for counselors, for administrators, for teachers, uh, for after school program folks, anyone who plays a role of mentor or coach or supervisor in the life of a child, I think is uh, this book was written for you. Awesome. Now you do training, you've published a lot of uh, books as well as uh, journal articles. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you uh, or get access to some of your resources? Well, the best way to get in touch with me is to email me, uh, Pete Hall at educationhall.com. Um, I also have a couple of different websites. Educationhall.com is, is my primary education website. And I'll be honest with you, it's a mess. The, the website <laughs> itself is a mess. However, there's a lot of resources on there. Uh, I run a small business called Strive Success Solutions, which we work with uh, businesses and corporations. So it's strivess.com for Strive Success Solutions. That's another website that we have. And then for the book, chasingtheshow.com uh, is a, the resource for the book. And there's, there's discussion guides in there and there's questions and there's blog posts and all sorts of things that I think are interesting. And then for the young adult readers, there's even a two truths and a lie 
about the author, which、mm. I think is fun. I don't know; other people might not think it's fun, but <laughs> it's up there for you. <laughs> well, before we let you go, do you have any final comments? Well, I, I want to thank you for the work you do,、uh, you, Mike, and the entire staff、uh, for working with young people because we need good, high-quality people serving as mentors and leaders and and coaches and teachers and、uh, in our kids' lives. And so often, and you and I talked about this the other day as we were prepping for the podcast. So often, our kids. Uh, inner monologue, that little voice that runs inside their heads, is filled with what they've heard from grownups. So, I want to thank you for the work you do because the voice that you have as we talk to kids, the things that you say to young people, echoes in their heads, and that becomes part of how they identify who they are and what they're like and what they're capable of. So, every comment that we make, every Compliment that we offer every time we scrutinize a kid or provide feedback, that is building who they are. So we need high quality people like you doing this work, and so I thank you for for everything that you do. Well, I really appreciate the kind words, and we really are looking forward to having you come down next week to Texas to you know the furnace. Experience、uh, the heat. <laughs> looking forward to the heat. Yeah, the furnace right now.、Uh, Pete, thank you so much for being our guest on the Making Up School Cool podcast. Really appreciate you taking some time this morning. It is my pleasure, and I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. Making Up School Cool. Making Up School Cool. Today's topic focused on creating a culture of leadership. As always, I want to thank our listeners for joining us today. Please join us for future episodes as we continue to explore issues relevant to the out of school time field.